but like when I say I love myself and I'm body positive, that doesn't mean I don't have days where I'm not like, I look bad today, like, or I don't like this about myself. Like there, I still have those days. And I think that while that kind of sucks, it's just what has happened through social media. So just because you don't love everything about yourself doesn't mean that you don't love yourself. Welcome back to another episode of Vulnerable Views. Faria and I are super excited for our guest today. We are joined by Lauren Demko. Lauren is a body positive advocate. She shares content on both Instagram and TikTok all about self-love, body positivity, and body acceptance, and just how we're all human. And I actually found Lauren on TikTok. We became friends internet friends, which is some of the best kind of friends in my opinion. Um, And I just was like immediately drawn to just how honest and real you are uh, with your content and how genuine you are and just the messages that you share. And I immediately thought of you when we wanted to do a podcast all about our relationship with food and mental health and body image, body positivity, all of that fun stuff. So yeah, Lauren, thank you so much for being here today. I'm super excited because I've never got to talk about it on a podcast before. So... Yeah. It's like no, interesting. It's yeah. Yeah. So I guess to start off, I'm just curious to hear kind of what your journey has been, um, what, you know, kind of how you got to this place today where this, where you're really embracing body positivity and how you kind of got to learn about intuitive eating and just anything you want to share about, you know, why these topics are important to you and kind of what your personal journey has been. Yeah, so, like, as a child, I was, like, overweight, and um, <laughs> I lost 100 pounds in high school, but I did it a really bad way. I don't like to say numbers, so we'll just say I barely ate anything and worked out a lot, and so then, um, you know, I did have anorexia, and I had to go through a lot. I still deal with those issues today, um, and so... <laughs> Then, because I gained the weight back in recovery, I say recovery in quotes because I don't believe that you ever truly recover from an eating disorder. Like, I think much like an alcoholic, like, you aren't doing that anymore, but it's still there in your mind. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, you know, I gained the weight back. So, Lauren, you have to go on a diet again and you have to lose weight again and you have to be thin. And so I actually started my TikTok to be a weight loss TikTok which is hilarious if you've seen my content because I am like very against that now. (laughs) And, um, but when I was doing that, I happened to get on like body positive TikTok and I realized that there were these people like that looked like me and still love themselves and didn't feel the need to like conform to what society deems as beautiful or acceptable. And I was like, wow. Like I remember the first time I saw a, a woman with a fupa And I thought I was, like, the only one that had this. Like, so in my head, I'm like, no one else has this. It doesn't exist. It's just something weird on my body. And then I saw all these other women, and I was like, wow. Like, that's just a part of, like, a lot of people's lives, and there's nothing wrong with that. For anyone listening who might not know what intuitive eating is, or Lauren, would you want to explain to people um, what intuitive eating is and maybe how it's kind of so far been positively impacting your life? 
Yeah, so I have a hard time explaining intuitive eating because it is so many things in one thing. Um, but I was explaining it to my therapist recently and I, cause she did not, she did not get it. And I, so I was like, how can I explain this to her? And I was like, it's like exposure therapy, but with food. That's what it is to me. It's like, I literally fear like donuts. Like, like that probably sounds so foreign to so many people, but like it, it's a fear of mine. Like I read an article as a kid that said you should only have like one donut a year. And that like stuck with me. It makes you do things that make you feel uncomfortable, but that are best for your physical and mental health. Uh, it makes you question all diet things. Like I even had to ask my friend who's a dietitian, like, can I take a multivitamin or is that also like a diet culture thing in itself? And she was like, as long as it's like a regular vitamin, not like a vitamin that's saying you're going to get thin or something, then you're fine. But yeah. it makes me just question like everyday things like that. And then from that, I met a girl named Chelsea and I was talking to her and she's a registered dietitian. And we were talking and I was like, I need to lose weight. And she was like, actually, like you don't. And I was like, what? What? Like I've never heard that before. And so we are working through like a lot of my fear foods and like I'm you would think it would be easy. Like you can eat whatever you want, but it's not because you have those like negative thoughts in your head all the time so i i have to ask because i'm not familiar with the term what is a fear food oh so a fear food is like um okay so like when i had anorexia like the idea of eating a donut would make me want to like freak out like i would have a literal panic attack because to me it's like if i eat this donut i'm gonna be fat if i eat this donut the world is like gonna end which sounds like weird i know like i don't want to say stupid because it's not but it's like oh yeah it just sounds like what? So like some of my exercises are eating like fried foods because that's like a fear food of mine. And like I had a donut the other day for the first time in probably like five years. I have a question. So I'm curious to learn a little bit more about your experience with intuitive eating because I know you can't speak for like the intuitive eating at yeah. work or for everyone. But like how how do your meals look like with intuitive eating in mind? And I know this is based on you personally, not like yeah. ev- everybody else should eat the way you do, right? Because everyone's different. Yeah. But I'm just curious. Definitely everybody's different. But yeah. um, right now I'm in what's called the honeymoon phase. And it's okay. where you're like, I can eat whatever I want. So you like, you know, go you go kind of crazy, but it's a good it's a good thing. Um, so I have noticed that I don't really eat like three meals a day. I eat like smaller meals throughout the day. And, um, so my meals are usually like, I don't know, like for breakfast, I have, I really, I'm obsessed with like Jimmy Dean, like breakfast sandwiches. So good. (laughs) And when I went to like a nutritionist that wasn't an intuitive, like nutritionist, they told me like, you can't just eat that. That's not enough. But for me it is because then in two hours, like I have an, I have another little snack or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, also every day looks different. Like, so th- at like 10 o'clock, I like ate breakfast at like eight and then 10 o'clock I was hungry. So I had leftover Chinese food. So. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is the science behind it or like it's listening to your body and yeah. what you want to eat. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so if I'm craving, like, chocolate, like, I just eat it. I don't think, like, oh, like, okay, well, you had this, this, and this today, so I can't do that, but it's not that. It's, like, you have to be, like, I'm I'm craving it for a reason. Right. So I'm going to allow myself to have that. And you mentioned you had studied uh, nutrition and public health, correct? And that yeah. this was opposite from that. So how, did, how do yeah. you 
or how did you deal with that conflict of like this wasn't what I ta- was taught or this wasn't what the world taught me how has intuitive eating found a place in, in your life and in the world yeah so the first time I heard about intuitive eating it was like eating until you're full and so going into it I was like that makes sense okay but have you by any chance read the book anti-diet I've heard of it but I haven't read it yet no. Okay, I highly Sounds recommend it because she actually – she's a registered dietitian, the writer, um, Kirstie Harrison, mm-hmm. and she talks about how it is okay to eat emotionally, that we are humans and usually we're experiencing an emotion. It broke down that, like, that is still diet culture. That is diet culture taking intuitive eating and saying, here's our version. Um, so it's not about eating – it like – I've literally been told eat past fullness because my body is so deprived of things, which you wouldn't think because I'm plus size, but that's like a whole different thing. (laughs) But like I've literally been told to eat over when I'm full because my body isn't used to getting what it actually needs. So I get full faster than I really should. And so it's been like this whole like journey. Like when I first heard of intuitive eating the way my friend Chelsea explained it to me, I was like, girl, you're crazy. I can't, I can't, there's no way I can eat whatever I want. There's no way, like, and this is still me as a body body positive person who's saying this. I was like, I was like, what if you're 700 pounds? So you can still eat whatever you want. And she's like, yes. Um, Because like, I guess like the way I see it is that your body will get to where it wants, like it wants to be. So if you're fighting that all the time, you're going to have serious health issues. There's a lot of trust in your body is what I'm hearing. Yeah, and which is so nice because I'm so used to telling it like, you're wrong, you're not hungry. Like that's like telling a baby like that's crying, like you can't have formula. I just breastfed you an hour ago. Like, no, you would not do that. Yeah, I kind of – I work with kids and I actually had that – a similar realization of what you just said um, recently because I was just kind of observing how the kids – I mostly work with kids that are – um, between like two to like six years old. So they're pretty young. And just like the way that they eat is very, I think, I don't know, I just had this epiphany around. I was like, oh, like kids basically eat intuitively because, you know, when we're eating lunch, I'll be like, okay, what do you want to eat? What do you want to eat first? Um, and they just, they pick out the food that they feel like eating. And then it's like, and then I'll just ask them like, okay, do you want, do you want to eat anything else? Are you full? Do you want to, you know, do you want to keep eating? Do you want to stop? And then, you know, later in the day, I'm like, oh, do you need, do you need a snack? Do you feel hungry? And it's like, it's just such an interesting thing because I think that, um, yeah, like you said, or a baby, you know, we feed babies when they are crying and we're like, oh, they're probably hungry. They need food right now. And then, you know, as young children, we still do that. We're like, oh, I, I, I feel hungry. I'm going to eat or, um, you know, and we, and, and as kids, we don't think about like, oh, I shouldn't eat this. I, you know, I shouldn't eat this cookie or whatever. It's just like, oh, my mom packed me a cookie. Cool. I'm going to eat it. (laughs) Like, and then, I mean, obviously some people, I think especially now, um, this with diet culture and all that, I've, I've heard that eating disorders and things like that have started much younger now. Um, but I think in general, when we're at least toddlers and, you know, like really young kids, they don't have that awareness around it yet. So anyway, so I just, I I kind of have learned a lot or you do think that I do actually, I think that they have the most awareness about their body and that we don't because that's true. You know, they have the into, like we're all born with intuitive eating. If we didn't, we would die. Um, cause you know, you need to know that you're hungry or you're thirsty or what your body needs. And, 
they know how to listen to it and we don't. And I think part of that is parenting. Um, you know, there's the kind of, there's a parenting style where you can't leave the table until you finish everything on your plate. Um, that's really dangerous because it teaches kids that, you know, they can't listen to their bodies. And then from there, we see things on TV and social media and even in life that tells us, you know, we can't eat certain things. And then it just builds up to this. This is why our generation has um, so many eating disorders. Mm -hmm. And when you talked about like it's starting younger and younger, uh, I actually went on my first diet when I was 11. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So that was my first time I went on Weight Watchers. Don't don't recommend doing that um, at any age, but especially not 11. So, I mean, it does, because I was overweight, people thought they were doing what was best for me. So I'm not, like, mad at them because diet culture just got to them as well, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Sustainable. Naturally dyed. Handmade, a mother-daughter-owned brand, Thread Ivy creates intricately embroidered clothes and accessories that are plant-based and eco-friendly. From masks and purses to earrings and tops, their quality and beauty shine throughout. Purchase something today at threadivy.com. Yeah. Close well, diet culture sounds like this evil beast too, right? And I'm just like, damn, that sucks because it's everywhere. Every ad, well, every commercial. It's a, like, I just think of it as, as like a giant industry. And it's like, it's interesting because um, I think our generation is kind of against that. It's kind of against supporting larger industries and we would rather like shop local and stuff like that. But like when it comes to diet culture, we're all like about it. And I just think that's kind of weird because it's this huge industry that's trying to tell you what's right for you, even though they don't have any science to back it up. They're just like, it's a, I think it's a $700 billion industry. Yeah. And it's like, why? Okay, like, why are we supporting this? But then we have a problem with like Shein because they are a big corporation that uses like incorrect labor. But like, you don't think the same thing is happening with this diet culture industry and you are supporting it with everything, every fiber in your being. It is like your religion at this point. Like, I, just, I don't understand why I let myself do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th and I think like the expectations it puts on people, especially women, is, is crazy. Shelly and I recently recorded an episode on body hair with the guest, um, and one of the things that was, like, brought up, I think I read it from a Tina Fey book. It's like, you're supposed to have super thick eyebrows and thick, luscious hair on your head. Oh, but no hair anywhere else. You need to be, like, bald. And it's like, how do you expect a human body to work like that? And it's like, yeah, like, you should have, like, a lot of fat on your boobs, for example, or something, but, like, everywhere else you're supposed to be, like, super thin, right? It's just, like, mm. we're not machines crafted to please someone which is yeah it's just i was like that's wild and so true mm -hmm. yeah it, it is true and it's like even when you look at like barbie for like the older generations mm -hmm. like they've scientifically proven that it's impossible to look that way but this was mm -hmm. something that young girls probably still now looked up to as like i want to be barbie 
fortunately now there's like a plus size Barbie and like a disabled Barbie and like all these great things. But like growing up, I just had like normal, like skinny white blonde Barbie. So yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it's funny that you say that. Cause I remember cracking up. I read something a few years ago. I can't remember the source, uh, but so it may be false, but it made sense. It was like, if you actually like, if Barbie was actual like human size, I think she'd keep falling over because the weight of her boobs and like she'd have all these <laughs> other health problems, which I just thought was hilarious. So I was like, funny. yeah, that seems about right from like the doll. Yeah. Um, I think I read that. Yeah, I think it was like she'd also be That's like hilarious. seven feet tall or something. Like, yeah, her legs are so long, and then it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, she'd be super tall, but somehow have huge <laughs> boobs. But then her waist is like this small. Yeah, it's just like how is that? Yeah. Yeah. So I have a younger cousin and she, um, for her second birthday, I bought her a plus size Barbie that was a doctor. Cause I was like, I want you to have good doll influences. <laughs> like you could just like, even though the package says like five plus, I was like, you can just like look at it in your room for a really long time. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the marketable thing is a big thing with the diet culture too, where it's like, if you think about yeah, just, I mean, this is a whole other topic, I feel like, but just, like, how many companies and products and things benefit off mm-hmm. of this idea that your body isn't good enough the way it is, you need to change it, or um, even, like, clothing companies and different things of, like, dress for your body or dress, you know, I, I remember when I was a kid always looking through these magazines and it being, like, which bikinis should you wear for your body type? And um, it was just, I always felt so frustrated because I was, like, none of these look like my body type. Like I had a hard time, you know, cause it was always the only options were petite, athletic, um, curvy or, or, and I was kind of like, I feel like I'm kind of in between a lot of these. Like I'm, you know, and so it just, but I remember just that idea stuck in my head of like, Oh, there's certain types of clothing or certain things that I, that I should wear because of the way my body looks. And I don't know, it's all like just this marketing stuff. And then, yeah, obviously the, the tummy tea and stuff is just like how can these companies make money off of us feeling like uh we need to change something about ourselves and I think um Fari and I did a podcast episode um a few months ago with Jules Weber who's a um a coach a life coach and she kind of talked about this idea around self-love about how like it's not actually Uh, like she, I don't know, she talked about this kind of epiphany that she had one time where she was like, oh, what if I'm just perfect the way I am? Like, what if I actually don't need to inherently change anything about myself? And anyway, I just, I thought that was really interesting. I feel like it kind of applies to this too, especially around body positivity and just self-acceptance. It's like, and Lauren, what you talked about when, when you talked to someone who told you, oh, you actually don't need to lose weight. And it's like, that seems like such a novel concept because we're told especially as women, I think, from a young age that, like, your body is supposed to look a certain way. If you are, you know, above a certain weight, you should be trying to lose weight if you're, you know, all these different things. So I think it's, like, I don't know. To me, that's kind of all encompasses self-love, where it's, like, just accept and try to accept and love yourself um, for who you are. And, and But, yeah, it is hard, I think, just scrolling through Instagram and all these different platforms mm-hmm. where it's, like, you're constantly berated with <laughs> all this content. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really difficult. Like, like, that's why I try not to edit my photos. There's a new trend on TikTok where I – where it's, like, Instagram versus reality. 
Mm-hmm. And so what I, I did a version of it and the only difference in my photos is like lighting just because if it's like dark or I'll, yeah. I'll like, or like one time I was wearing like a black shirt and there was like cat hair on it. So I like edited that off, <laughs> but like I kind of did it to see if people would notice that like you don't have to really change anything mm-hmm. like because some of them are like crazy differences. <laughs> like you don't even look like the same person anymore. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's such a toxic idea that. That we have to edit ourselves into looking like somebody else. Mm -hmm. I remember a photographer who's like a friend of mine who was a photographer once told me, she was like, after I became a photographer, I started developing more confidence, which I thought was interesting. So I was like, if you're shooting models all day, like I would like, I personally be like, I'd maybe feel insecure about myself. I'd be like, oh my God, they're all so gorgeous. But she was like, no, because in real life they have the same things like we all have, right? They're human. She's like almost every, or she was like talking about how a lot of times she'll see like photos she took and when the person she took it of like posts it, when it's like model sometimes, like she's like notices the edits, right? Like a nose is smaller or a thigh is thinner. And she was like, in real life, these people look exactly like us. They have stretch marks. They have all the flaws. Um, so she was like, it made me more confident because I realized, oh snap, everyone's human. We just really use filters and edit especially in this day and age mm-hmm. yeah I do think that's really important to talk about too because I know a lot of people that think they're not body positive because they have issues with themselves but like when I say I love myself and I'm body positive that doesn't mean I don't have days where I'm not like I look bad today like or I don't like this about myself like there I still have those days and I think that while that kind of sucks it's just what has happened through social media so just because you don't love everything about yourself doesn't mean that you don't love yourself because yeah I think I think there are a lot of people that get really hard you know hard on themselves and they're like if I'm still having these days where I look at myself in the mirror and I don't love the way I look does that yeah like you're saying does that mean I'm not body positive it's like no like obviously we all have bad days we all have days where we're you know you're not going to necessarily it's going to take a long time if not be impossible I think to like fully love every single part of yourself and be like I look amazing every single day I feel like my personality is perfect I you know like there's all these things that you probably still wish you could change but it's more just about like I guess yeah trying to Mm -hmm. um be kind to yourself and you know yeah. yeah, I just like get sad when I get a lot of comments that'll be like, I wish I were you or I wish I could be as confident as you or I wish I could love myself like you do. And I just want to be like, you can't. It takes time and effort and in my case, therapy, but like you you can. I'm curious, um, how do you feel about the term plus size? Because I have friends who have have told me that it makes them feel like they're not normal and I know it's not the same thing but like it's kind of like how I feel about the term Asian American I'm like can I just be American like people think they're being sensitive when they're like oh you're Asian American I'm like you just make me feel like I'm not normal and that's what a few of my plus five they're like they're like we're not plus size like we're normal right do you have any thoughts on that or anything so uh, I think it depends on the person but I personally call myself fat. I just haven't said it on here because I don't want to offend other people who might not like that. But, like, I say, like, I'm fat. And people are like, no, you're not fat. You're beautiful. I'm like, no, I'm both. So, I mean, just like you are Asian and American, I'm sure that you embrace both sides of that. I embrace the fact that I am fat. 
Like I have reclaimed the word. It is mine now. I like, but for a very long time, if anyone called me anything other than plus size, I would have been offended. So I, that's like my safe space for everybody else. Like I hope that it doesn't offend people, but I get what you're saying. Like we are, I guess I say plus size because when I think of clothing, it's like the plus size section. Right. Yeah. But um, if it could all just be normal, that would also be amazing. But I think I'd still call myself fat. So. Yeah. No, I one of those same friends who I was mentioning, like, I remember we were all sitting and talking and like, yeah, she was like, yeah, it's because I'm fat. And someone was like, no, like, you're beautiful. And, and she goes, fat is not a bad word. Mm-hmm. And I just hit me there. I was like, oh, my God, because yeah. it's not. We've made it seem like and then it's like, well, no, 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 you're not fat. Like, you're, you're beautiful. Mm. You're amazing. She's like, I'm fat. And, like you said, and I'm beautiful, and it's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. And it was just an eye-opening moment for me. Yeah. yeah, I think that's very confusing for a lot of people because we've been told for so long, like, don't call somebody fat. So mm-hmm. I do understand, like, why that is confusing, and I would never go up to someone random and be like, you're fat. Like, that would be, like, really yeah. weird. <laughs> but if it's someone, like, <laughs> I know also does what I do, then, like, I think it's totally fine. But mm-hmm. I always, like, because I've been asked this question a lot by – um I don't know. See, now I don't know how to say it for you guys, but I would call them just thin people who want to say the things that are correct. Um, like I've been asked that a lot, like, what do you want to be called? And I, I just think it's an individual person thing. And I don't think anyone's going to be offended if you say, like, what what do you like to be called? Like, I don't yeah. know. I wouldn't be offended. I'd be like, thank you for asking. Mm-hmm. Um, but also at the same time, like, be careful because do we need to talk about our body sizes all the time? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think this is like a very interesting topic that because yeah, I've, I've seen I've started seeing a lot of videos on TikTok from kind of the body positive community and, and people saying kind of what you're saying, Lauren. That's like for a lot of people using the word fat is like that's just a that's just like a description. It's a it's just a normal like word to describe what your body is. Um, but we have been conditioned for so long to be like you know, there's fat and skinny and like skinny is supposed to be the good one. Fat is supposed to be the mm. bad one. And and it's like, why? It just is so interesting. And, and even this is kind of nerdy, but like looking back on history and stuff, it's like it. Um, yeah. In, you know, older times, it was like fat was the more preferred one because that was like, oh, you have like in the, I don't know, Renaissance times or something. It's like, you actually have enough money to eat. <laughs> and then like people that were skinny, it was like, oh, you're probably poor because you're starving and you, you're literally malnourished. That's why, I don't know. Like there's like which all these Which is things. still a thing in yeah, a lot which of is countries. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not in America, but in a lot of countries. Yeah. Like if, if I went to some like other countries, like I would be, they'd be like, wow, you're like rich. You can afford to mm-hmm. eat basically. Yeah. So I think we are kind of blinded by that by living in America like we think what happens here happens everywhere but Mm -hmm. that is does still happen in other countries yeah we are kind of in this bubble of like this is how every one in the world you know experiences things or that you know our way is just yeah it's like there are a lot of yeah other countries that have very different experiences of the world and yeah Ever had a shampoo bottle leak during a trip? Well, that won't happen anymore with Cadence. Cadence capsules are designed to bring everything, 
from face wash to small jewelry, with you. With their soft edges and wide mouths, they're pretty enough to put on your desk, yet strong enough to be tossed around in your duffel bag. They're also magnetic, sticking to each other for easy transportation, while still safe enough to have around computers and credit cards. What I love most are the customizable labels. You can write anything you want on the bottom of your capsule, making it unique to your lifestyle. Check them out today at keepyourcadence.com. Yes, that like leads into a good question, I think, that I had for you, which was, do you have any, you know, tips for our audience that's listening right now? Um, you're kind of talking right now about how you can, you know, and how everyone can learn to embrace themselves and body positivity and all of that. So do you have any kind of tips or advice for someone who feels like they're really struggling with that or maybe feels like it's really difficult for them? Yeah, so I would say that, like, my number one, like, tip would be to surround yourself with other people who either have already gotten there or are working on it, because that's what happened for me, and I saw, like, I, I made friends with people like you and other, I don't want to say all women, but mainly, mainly women, probably because they relate to me with similar body issues, but I have also met men in the body positive community, but just surrounding yourself and becoming friends with people like that will just show you like a total different side of society that you probably didn't know existed because I didn't. Mm-hmm. And um, therapy, if you if you think you need it, I don't. I think therapy is for everybody, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, even if it's just upkeep. Sometimes I go to my therapist, especially during the. Um, pandemic and we would talk about like succulents just so I could feel like I was talking to somebody that wasn't like just my boyfriend because we couldn't like see people but I could go see my therapist because we like wore masks and stuff and we're far apart so um, I truly believe that even if you're not really talking about anything therapists are great and will help you a lot with that and then just like not giving up because it is not going to be an overnight thing like you're not going to wake up tomorrow and be like I'm amazing like so you know just know, just like you said, people are so hard on themselves and I still have that problem, but just doing the best you can. It's not like a competition. It's not like who can love themselves more. Like you got to just do the best that you can do. And even with doctors, I would be very careful because like, in my opinion, like the older the doctor, the more diet culture thought that they're going to give you. Um, Because I have had... Like, I once had a cough, and my old doctor was, like, worried I had diabetes. And I was, like, freaking out. Okay, I was, like, not that, like, dying having diabetes is the worst thing, but it is a scary thing to think about. Mm-hmm. And so I went to go get tested, and I was, like, completely fine. And it's, like, she just thought that because I was fat. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be real. So I think that you have to find the right doctor for you. It took me a long time to find a doctor that would not weigh me. Like, I would have to go I – had, I had to literally fight with nurses before and say, listen, I've had an eating disorder. I cannot get on the scale, okay? Like, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've had to walk out before. Wow. I just, like, fight really hard for it because I know certain things. I know enough about the healthcare industry to kind of fight back. But the people who don't, they just get what they get, and it really sucks. 
Damn. And if you are one of those people who don't know as much, do you know of any places where they could go look or try to get more information? Or So there is a health at every size website. Um, and they kind of explained a lot about, so the best thing to do is if, if you're doing intuitive eating is to find, they call it Hayes health at every size doctor. We don't have that where I live. I live in a city, but it's a small city. So we do not have that. So I just did the best I could to find a doctor that actually listened to what I was saying. And, um, Mm. but like my nutritionist gave me a piece of paper that specifically said like, do not write weight on my papers. Do not weigh me. Like, and so when you have something like that from another professional, they can't really like fight that. And delving, those are all really great tips. Um, by the way, like, I think those are so important and delving a little bit deeper into, you know, tips. If you're comfortable sharing, what would you say has been one of the most challenging parts of your journey and how did you combat that? So uh, my journey in life and like in the beginning with like definitely like anorexia was like the worst thing I had to go through. Um, But with like the body positive thing, I would say social media. And what's crazy is it's not just body positive stuff. Um, It's like, I've been with my boyfriend for eight years and we're not engaged yet. We live together. We're basically married. We just don't like have a piece of paper. And I'll see people like talking about their engagement or like babies. And then it makes me think like, what's wrong with me? So I don't think it's just like a body positive thing. There's a lot of positive things about social media, but there are a lot of negative things about social media. And I think like we just need to stop pretending because I think when you pretend like your life is perfect, you think it's just affecting you, but it's not. It's affecting everyone that sees it. Because then I'm seeing that and thinking like, oh, why, why don't I look like that? Or why am I not engaged yet? What's wrong with me? So I would say like learning to overcome that kind of stuff and look at it and say, okay, well, you don't know if their life's really like that or if they really look like that. It is. Yeah, I do feel like sometimes social media can make it seem like there's one right way to do things or, you know, because if you're only seeing this one side where it's like, oh, everyone else is posting about, um, yeah, like even during, I feel like during COVID, I've seen a ton of engagements, pregnancy announcements, mm-hmm. all of this. And yeah, I feel the same way. I'm like, oh, this is, you know, I'm 20, I just turned 28. And so it's like, you know, when you see all these people, I'm like, oh, these people around my age who are engaged or married or having kids. And yeah, it is really easy to be like, oh, is there something wrong with me? Because I'm not in that phase of my life or, um, so yeah, I, I do. I always really appreciate when people are more honest with, um, just some of the harder parts of their life or not trying to necessarily show like the, this highlight reel as people say sometimes. That's yeah. What Instagram and it is does, it, you wouldn't think that would connect to like body positivity or like loving yourself, but it does because then you start questioning, like, like I said, like what's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing that constantly, then you're not going to think very highly of yourself. So mm-hmm. it's like sometimes these things that we don't think contribute to it do. And that actually, as you brought that up, I was thinking another uh, thing I wanted to ask you is, like, do you have any tips for, like, actively dealing with hate comments? I don't know how many you get. Oh, I get so many. So many. Too many. So So I just recently took a month off of social media because of this. Like, it was really affecting my mental health. And, like, I would get, like, death threats. And, yeah, (laughs) crazy stuff. Um, 
people tell me all the time when I try to talk about anorexia in my videos that I've never had anorexia that and stuff like that because I'm fat now. But I didn't know, like, you just got fat and then all those thoughts just, like, poof, they're gone now. <laughs> Don't exist. Um, uh, I would just say going in, just know it's going to happen. But that doesn't really help too much because, like, I knew it was going to happen. But it still was, like, really surprising. But I think you just have to focus on the positive ones. So one of my friends told me to screenshot. She's also in body positivity to screenshot all the really great comments because I do. I have wonderful followers who say really nice things. So if you get like a really good comment, screenshot that. And then when you get a really bad comment, like go look at those good the file of like good ones because it just reminds you of like the positivity that does surround you. But yeah, I haven't I think I've posted like three videos this week and I used to post like six times a day so I've definitely stepped back a lot so I just think like prioritizing yourself is the most important like if I don't make videos everyone's gonna live they'll be fine (laughs) like they might miss me I miss them but like everyone will be okay like I think a lot of people are worried about letting people down they're like I have to make these videos because Mm -hmm. that's If I don't, like, these people will be let down, but there are, like, billions of creators, so. And I love how you, you know, are reinforcing this idea of, like, it is important to take care of yourself, right? At the end of the day, you're still a person, you're still a human, like, doing what's best for you. Along the lines of, like, dealing with uh, digital hate comments, I wanted to skew that a bit and then move towards dealing with, maybe it's not called hate comments, but... Do you have any advice on, like, dealing with people who may say mean, th- mean things or who may not be supportive, like family or friends, um, in real life? So, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, but also yeah, unfortunately, no, no. I don't have any um, recommendations for that. Except for if you do experience that, I w- personally, if that happened to me, I would back away from that person for a little bit. Um, I know, like, the instinct is to, like, fight that or, like, educate them. But, like, some people you can't. You're not going to change their minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're so right. Like, there are just some people you can't change their minds. And it's like, even if you can, do you want to do the work of that? And like, around separate topics, I've tried explaining, um, I had a conversation with one friend who didn't really understand the emotional labor of having conversations. And I'm like, sometimes I just don't, you know, like, it is work to try to explain, you don't want to constantly explain, you want to be like, point them to a book, like, read it, educate yourself, you know, when you were talking about, you know, like, friends and, um, or people who may not understand intuitive eating, I was curious, do you do experience that where when you started practicing intuitive eating, similar to how you were confused when you first heard about it, were people in your life kind of like, Lauren, what, what are you doing? Or Yeah, so I went from being on a diet to doing intuitive eating. So, like, my um, mom was kind of like, what? But now that I've kind of explained it to her, she's kind of doing it too. Okay. Um, and, like, my friends, I haven't even really talked to about it because, like I said, they don't – we don't really talk about that. Like, we talk about, like, world issues and, like, we don't, we're not, like – like talking about my body specifically unless I like bring it up myself. I have had people, uh, my boyfriend, like he's very supportive of whatever I want to do. But he would say things like, I worry about like you having so much weight on your joints and stuff like that. And so I brought that up to my nutritionist and she said, well, do you have any issues? And she said, no. And I said, no. And she was like, okay, then you're fine. (laughs) And it's just, and so then when I like told him that he was like, Okay. I mean, I think it's normal to worry about someone that you love and their health. Yeah. Um, 
you know, obviously I don't want anything bad to happen to people I care about, but I think there's a point between like, do you know what healthy is? Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, which you probably don't, just like don't, don't give advice. Well, Lauren, we're so happy you joined us today. This has been a really awesome conversation. I think, I feel like a lot of people will be able to relate to a lot of what you talked about and also maybe learn some new things, which I think is always something we're, you know, hoping for with our podcast episodes. So for those of you listening, if you want to check out some of Lauren's content and, and see more about what she's um, promoting online, you can find her on TikTok as well as Instagram at Lauren's Truth. And then you can also find her website, which is laurenstruth.wixsite.com. And she's also on YouTube. So um, these are all great places to find her and kind of see more about, she shares, like I said at the beginning, she shares a lot about body positivity and now her new intuitive eating journey. So awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. That was really fun.